Don't forget, right now, Jam and I are running a special campaign at our Ko-Fi. If you go to ko-fi.com slash chemforyourlife and subscribe at any amount, Jam and I will send you a special Chemistry for Your Life sticker. That's ko-fi.com slash chemforyourlife to learn more about why we're doing this and how to subscribe. And now on to today's show. Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast that helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Okay, Jim, are you ready to talk about cilantro? Uh, Yes, I guess so. I guess that's what we're talking about then, huh? That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about cilantro. Man, I wish I was had some sort of cilantro-y dish to eat at this moment. Yeah, wouldn't that be so fun? Yeah, seriously. Maybe like a really good taco soup with a, or chicken tortilla soup with a nice Mm -hmm. cilantro and lime squeezed on top. I've got some taco soup in the fridge right now, believe it or not, but I do not have any cilantro. Ooh. So maybe I'll order some Chipotle to get delivered here and it'll be done. It will be here by the time we finish recording. Maybe I'll do that. We, um. Not sponsored by Chipotle, but, but interested Chipotle just for the record. We did make some guacamole the other day that we brought to share with you and your wife. Oh yes, dude. That was great. We forgot the cilantro in it. So it is as great uh, as it was. It would have been even greater with some cilantro. Nice. Yeah, I probably would have liked it a little bit more, but I didn't even know. So, Well, today we're going to talk about why cilantro tastes really good to us and why maybe it doesn't taste as good to some other people. Nice. This is something I've wondered about a lot. One of our mutual friends is one of those people who it doesn't taste good to. And I brought him to a local taqueria that is very good. I was very excited about. And I just told him some things to order. He ordered it. And it came with tons of onions and cilantro on it. And he As was, a traditional street taco does. Yes. And he is otherwise very not picky, but was very disappointed that it was covered in cilantro. Oh. No, no way to get it all out. And... Then he explained to me that cilantro does not taste to him like it tastes to me and many of us. And I was like, I do not understand that at all. And what a sad world it must be for you. (laughs) Seriously. Man. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about why his world is that way. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. So first, if we're going to talk about why cilantro tastes the way it does to some Mm -hmm. people rather than others... I think first we just have to talk about why cilantro tastes at all. What gives cilantro its taste? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And the answer to that is chemistry. No way. (laughs) I know. Okay. I was just indulging myself. (laughs) (laughs) So cilantro has molecules that have a strong flavor. And many of these are what's known as aldehydes. Mm-hmm. So I think you've probably heard of this before. We've talked about it before on the show, but other people who maybe are turning in for the first time, you've probably heard of it because of formaldehyde. A lot of people have heard of that word before. Yeah. And formaldehyde is an aldehyde. And what an aldehyde means, it's a functional group. Mm -hmm. And 
We've talked about functional groups before as well. They're just basically a group of atoms arranged the same way consistently and they appear in a lot of different molecules and when they're arranged in this one way, they'll have a specific function. Right, right. So in this case, the functional group, the aldehyde, is a carbon with a double bond to an oxygen on one side. Okay. Then on the other side, the carbon has a hydrogen bonded to it. Okay. And then it can have anything it want as the third attachment. Okay. So it's got three points of attachment, one where there's two bonds to an oxygen, one where there's a hydrogen, and then one where it can have anything it wants on the other side. Okay. That actual structure itself doesn't matter a ton. Just like to lay it out there for some people. Formaldehyde is a special kind of a aldehyde that has two hydrogens on it and it's used for preserving bodies a lot. So that's why people have heard of it. In the aldehydes that are in cilantro, they have a long carbon chain off of them. So like formaldehyde has a hydrogen as that third attachment. Most of the things that give cilantro its flavor It's Mm -hmm. characteristic smell and taste have a long carbon chain between six and 10 carbons off of it. Okay. And a few of those have a double bond in that carbon chain. So instead of just a bunch of carbons single bonded to each other, there are some with a double bond in there. Okay. Those aldehydes with a double bond Mm -hmm. are known to have a somewhat soapy or bitter taste. Okay. If you just tasted that by itself, it would taste like that to you, to anyone. Okay, 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 got it. They're just part of cilantro's flavor. They blend in with the other aldehydes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for most people, those don't stand out. Okay. But sometimes if you have too much cilantro, I think that can kind of come through. There's an episode of Great British Bake Off where that happened. <laughs> but most of us aren't using just tons of it. We're like garnishing something with it and we're not just eating a mouthful of cilantro. Right. Okay. So that's cilantro. And the way that molecules, those molecules convert to a smell to you, a smell and a taste. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. There's an episode that we did completely on smells. Jam made a great old factory for your old factory. A little pun that made us all laugh. So <laughs> these molecules will hit receptors, your old factory so in your nose receptors and when it binds your brain interprets that as a smell so there's a whole episode on that mm-hmm. and it's kind of blew my mind that's the kind of stuff that i'm like man dude gosh just crazy it's crazy but just like everything in our body these olfactory receptors are controlled by our genes okay and it turns out that there are some people who have a genetic modification, just an abnormality, mm-hmm. on one of their olfactory receptor genes. Okay. There's actually a few that have come up when they're looking at this, but mm-hmm. some of these genetic modifications have been linked to people who don't like cilantro. Man. So they're just passing it down. Yes. Man, okay. Dang, that's that's a bummer. So there was two main ones that I saw talked about in an article that came out in the journal Nature, which mm-hmm. is a really well-known, highly respected journal. One of the genetic mutations 
the rodent version of that gene, so they haven't tested this on humans, but the rodent version of that gene mm-hmm. is thought to be responsible for binding with aldehydes. So it makes sense that a mutation on that gene is going to impact the way we perceive our aldehyde binding and aldehydes are very abundant in cilantro. Got it. Okay. So does that gene mutation end up meaning that they it ends up being less good at bonding with aldehydes? They don't know. Okay. It just, just that there is a modification on it. Okay. So that gene for rats is known to affect bonding with aldehydes. Yes. And when there's mutation, it's not like it's like, now they can't bomb it at all, but it's just something is different here. Right. Like okay. maybe even it bonds better to aldehydes or has two sites through binding to aldehydes. And then, then you can detect that even stronger or something. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. It could be, yeah. could be too good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another modification that seems to be linked to people who don't like cilantro is on the bitterness receptor. Mm, okay. Which makes sense to me because that soapy flavor is considered to be bitter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe there's a modification on their bitterness receptor so they're more sensitive to that bitter taste. Mm-hmm, right. So literally, there are people who most likely don't like cilantro because their genes have modifications that make their sensation experience different than other people's. Mm-hmm. And their, their actual experience of eating it is different than our experience of eating it because of the way their genes have made their receptors interact with the molecules. Oh my gosh. That's kind of like a nightmare in some ways because you know that philosophical question that people have about like, when I taste this, is it how you taste it? Or yeah. when, I, when I see this color, is that how you see it too? Mm-hmm. That question, it's hard for us to really answer. But in this mm-hmm. case, when you can look at genes and stuff, and it's not just like the difference of like, oh, mostly you like cilantro and I don't, or vice versa. You can actually find reasons why that might be the case. And then it's like kind of terrifying in a way because then you realize our experiences of the world could be massively different yeah. in more ways than just cilantro. But even that is a pretty big one. I know. Well, I, this maybe will give you a little bit of hope. Okay, okay. There was a correlation between these mutations and people who didn't like cilantro. It was maybe a few percent higher. So that was statistically significant, but maybe in our everyday experiences, not as significant as we would maybe think. Okay, okay. And so one person ran the statistic calculations and he theorized that it was likely less than 10% of people who don't like cilantro due to genetic modification. Oh, okay. So probably 90% of people-ish who don't like cilantro Uh don't like it because they just don't like how it tastes. Right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I think there's a different class. You know, it's just some people don't like the flavor of something maybe. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's some of that and there's some of the genetic modification playing a part. Got it. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And obviously people have tons of different tastes about everything. And so that's, we're all different, but- Right. That's interesting. That get, does give me a little more hope to know that it's only a small amount that seem right. to be able to be actually linked to that genetic modification. Yes. Hmm. Wow, dude. Weird. Isn't that crazy? 
Yes. Very, very crazy. And also I just can't get over thinking about, man, what if cilantro tasted bad to me? Like I really I do like it a lot. And I me too. can't imagine <laughs> what that would feel like. I know. I love it so much. And it's just, I know it shouldn't be. This probably shows that I'm just clearly not a biologist, mm-hmm. but it's just crazy to me that our genes control everything. You mm. know, I mean, I know that they do and that DNA basically creates us kind of, I mean, there's nature versus nurture, you know, but it's just crazy to me that genes control the way you experience cilantro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know that's really me being a non-biology person being fascinated by biology, but it just <laughs> really is crazy to me. Every time this comes up, it's just, we have legitimately found the gene that changes the way you experience a flavor, a molecule is just blows my mind. And that genes even know how to control olfactory receptors is wild Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Yeah. So that always blows my mind. So I'm always amazed by that aspect of biochemistry. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you want to try to tell that back to me? And then I have a fun fact for you. Nice. That might love. help the cilantro haters. Okay, nice. I love fun facts and I hope that there could be hope for those and guys. And it kind of goes back to an earlier episode that we've talked about too. So it's like doubly fun. Okay, sweet. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay, so let's start where, let's start in the real world for a second. Out in the not zoomed in on molecules world for a second. Okay, I can so, start there. So I will say though, that both of those are the real world. Just. Yeah. That's why I modified it. I was like real world. (laughs) And then I was like the world that we experience that we (laughs) can perceive at all. Yes. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, So we, you know, one person say me, for instance, takes a bite of something, which with some, I was about to say, with some Chipotle in it. <laughs> you had Chipotle on the brain today. Chipotle, yep. if you'd like to sponsor us. Yeah, we have some similar, some similar views of the world, Chipotle. Just so you know, we're like-minded, all right? Okay, so back on track. <laughs> taking, taking a bite of whatever it is, whatever brand name something that has some cilantro in it. Mm-hmm. I take a bite and lots of stuff starts going on in my body. My tongue my the sensors on my tongue start interpreting all the flavors going on and start the receptors start interacting with the molecules of the food that i am that that i put in my mouth and it's Mm -hmm. it's all at that molecular level to where what atoms we've got going on in our food make all the difference yeah and that is telling then our, the sensors in our tongue and the sensors in our nose mm-hmm. are sort of tell our brains what to, what we're experiencing. Which that right there is wild. That's crazy. So I'm doing that. And then somebody next to me, say our friend, Brad, who does not like cilantro. So heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. He takes a bite, same thing. His tongue and nose start doing the same process that I'm undergoing with a slight difference. 
that, and this was where I, I think I might've used this analogy before, who knows when we talked about smell and taste in the past, but what comes to mind for me is like different types of plugs, like electrical plugs or say mm-hmm. like USB cords or something like that. But if you think of just like a standard electrical plug, you know, some plugs have three prongs and some plugs have two prongs. Right. For the most part, many of us everyday Joes don't think that much about it. And that third prong is usually ground. Um, but many things can work with or without the two or three prongs. But just, right. I think a simple way that comes to mind for me is imagining what if the connections that are happening on my tongue and in my nose versus Brad's tongue and Brad's nose, they're still there. He still tastes things and smells things just like I taste and smell things. But what if his connections are just slightly different prongs wise? It's not like it's broken completely or even works better necessarily, but it's just at least different to where his experience is different. Mm. Like say a different voltage? Like a different voltage. Or if something really needed, um, ooh, yeah, I didn't think about getting that much more specific. Okay, I actually think I have a better one. So many of us are very familiar with USB cables. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. There's yeah. actually many that look exactly the same, but some mm-hmm. are USB 3.0, some are USB 2.0. That's a whole rabbit trail on its own, but most of us cannot even tell by looking. No, I did not know until this exact moment that that was true. Yes, it's a, <laughs> it's a huge rabbit hole to go down, but look exactly the same. They perform so differently. And Interesting. In the case of cilantro, if I remember right, so cilantro has aldehydes in it, mm-hmm. which is a functional group, mm-hmm. which is a carbon with a hydrogen on one side mm-hmm. and oxygen on the other side. Mm-hmm. The double bond is on the oxygen. Yes. Okay. Nice. And then the third thing can be whatever it wants to be. Yes. Okay. So instead of but oh, in in cilantro, it is a carbon chain. There's a bunch of different aldehydes with carbon chains that range roughly from six to ten carbons. Got it. So there's a lot of different molecules with that aldehyde functional group on it. Okay, got it, got it. And you said cilantro has a carbon chain that has lots of double bonds in the carbon chain. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That's one of the variations. Yeah. So that's what we've got going on. In this case. So that's, um, say, the USB cable that we're trying to plug in. Mm-hmm. But then Brad and I, sorry, Brad, have really different USB ports. They both still fit in there. Mm-hmm. But then the experience of what can happen is very different. So yeah. then I'm tasting this great thing my brain is saying hey this tastes great it's it's interpreting all the atoms of this aldehyde group in cilantro and the the things that it's telling my brain i don't know all how it's all, all happening so fast it's very complicated but it just is a big old thumbs up in my brain right and then 
in Brad and many other people's brains, it's doing all the calculations. And because of some slight differences in tongue receptors and even um, receptors in the nose that are slightly different, end up yielding a big fat thumbs down from Brad's That's brain. right. That's, and it, that's a good way to describe it because USBs, all these versions apparently look exactly the same and it just looks like you have a nose and a tongue just like everybody yeah. else. It's like you just have a regular working mouth and you just don't realize that even though it looks the same, mm-hmm. it can function very differently. That's a great analogy. I loved it. That's so much better than the three prong things. That's what's tough about like totally scrambling to come up with them on the spot. But yeah, that makes way more sense. And that does. Is a yeah. lot, I feel like a lot more accurate because the prongs is so obvious you can look at it and know you know but one thing that's funny is that it's also very drastically oversimplifying how usb cables work there's obviously a lot of that i don't know about so people who <laughs> do know about that are like i kind of like barely even talked about that and it's probably still works as an analogy but sorry to those of you who know way more about that topic which is <laughs> one that melissa and i both don't know anything about Right, correct. I didn't even know there were different types of USBs. So yeah, I just plug in things to my computer and hope it works for me. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> well, I think that was a great analogy. And that brings me to my fun fact for you to help out our cilantro hating friends. Okay, sweet. Which I don't know why they would do this, but in case they want to try the cilantro flavor, maybe with less of that bitterness it's Mm -hmm. possible that crushing the cilantro up first will release enzymes probably because you're damaging the plant wall just Mm -hmm. like in onions okay so go back to that episode that's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done about onions and why they make people cry dude seriously me too i love that one me too so you can crush your cilantro and it will release enzymes that will start to break down those aldehydes that gives such a strong flavor and it might not be as unpleasant an experience for those people. Wow, dude, that is cool. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a little good news for our cilantro hating friends, but who knows because some of them might just not like how it tastes in general. So that might not help them. (laughs) Well, I'm curious though. I feel like now I've got to trick someone into, I feel like it's one of those things where it'd be actually a lot better if it was blind. You know, yeah. if they did not mm-hmm. know that you were even experimenting on them. That's true. But because I think if you have an association with that cilantro never tastes good to you and then I'm like, here, try it this way. You're going to go into it thinking, well, it always tastes like this to me. And you're kind of expecting it. So, yeah, let's trick somebody for science. OK, that sounds fun. I'll do it. I'll be I'll be in on it with you. I don't okay. know how, but we can try it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of fun, is there anything fun from your week that you want to share with us? Ooh, good transition. Wow. Thanks. Thanks. I'm getting much better at those smooth transitions. <laughs> so I've got a kind of controversial one and it's not really controversial for the world. It is just controversial for me. So Melissa and some of the listeners out there who've listened for a little while, what is something that I very much do not like? There are so many things. Sorry, let me be more specific. What's something that lots of people that are my same gender 
really like sports. That I don't like sports. Exactly right. So, and lots of people that are also are not my gender like sports. Tons of people like sports. I do not like sports. Doesn't matter what type of person you are. Um, I feel very much in the minority about that most of the time. But I do love documentaries. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that causes me to have to put my feelings about something aside to check out a documentary that is getting a lot of attention. And what I finally did this past week that many people are way ahead of me on doing is watching a documentary series called The Last Dance, which is about the final season of Michael Jordan's basketball career with the Chicago Bulls. Wow, that's cool. And it was so good. I wow. was very surprised. I didn't actually even know it was a series when I clicked on it. I've been tr- I've been on documentary kick again, and I studied that in college, which is why I care about watching good ones that people are talking about. And I heard good things. It's been getting some buzz from people who aren't even sports people, which is why I felt like I had to check it out. And I watched one episode, and I was so hooked. And how I'm amazed. They just did such a good job with it, and. You get to see kind of behind the curtain with Michael Jordan, who's someone like obviously grew up just always knowing about. He was huge um, in the 90s. Space Jam, you know. Oh, yeah. And I love Space Jam, so, which is surprising. But, I mean, it had Looney Tunes in it, so I guess not surprising. Yeah, I mean, I don't care about basketball, and I loved Space Jam. Yeah. So, yeah, basically anyone who's anyone who has a heart loves Space Jam. But Yeah, definitely. This the documentary series, and I realize I'm so late to the party on this for those of you basketball people, but is so good. And if you're not a, a sports person, I still highly recommend it. And I and I almost cannot believe I'm saying that, but it's on wow. Netflix now. So that's fun. Well, I'm glad that you could put your feelings about sports aside to appreciate art. Yes. Yep. And I think what it does well that I like about a lot of other documentaries is when you feel like you can kind of get an inside look of someone's life and empathize with them and see the hard right. stuff that they are going through. That I think is one of the coolest things about the yeah, series. I agree. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, what about you? What has been fun about your past week? Okay. Well, mine's half happy, half a little stressful. Okay. Okay. I am at this moment. At this exact moment, mm-hmm. 15 days away from finishing my last class ever. Whoa, 15 days. Hopefully. I mean, in the past, I have made a similar claim and then I decided to go get my PhD in another <laughs> area. So I had to take classes again. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you could talk me into this ever again. So, okay. I think I am 15 days away from finishing my last class ever. Uh And that is very exciting because I am 15 days away from being done. Yeah. Also very stressful because 40% of my grade is left Uh in those two weeks. Mm -hmm. And we haven't done a lot. Me or my study group haven't done a lot towards that final finish. Oh, got it. So there's still plenty of work to be done. Plenty of work to be done. And this is a very busy season in my life at work. Anyway, I agreed to 
do some service for my department that's taking up a little bit more time than mm. normal. Mm-hmm. We've we've got our podcast going on. I'm still teaching. My students are coming up on the end of their semester. Mm-hmm. So I've, I'm doing research. We're collecting data actually in these few weeks. So there is a lot happening. Mm-hmm. So it's a high stress for two weeks, but also a high payoff at the end of those two weeks. Right, right. And then I'll have some time at the end of the semester to just finish up my last little bits of research. I'll have about two weeks to work on research and then I'm actually going on vacation. So that's exciting. Nice. So that's like a little vacation to Colorado. Nice. So that is like, yeah, high stakes, high payoff. And you've kind of already got a really good incentive there. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so so fast. It's happening really fast because we didn't have a spring break. So usually our semester ends later, but it's happening quickly. And there is a very bright, exciting light at the end of the tunnel. So nice, dude. Awesome. Well, good luck. And I feel like there's plenty to motivate you to do a great job and that you will. And also how exciting to be demo classes. Like what the heck? That's nuts. Yes. Very exciting. Yay. And I know most people reach that point (laughs) a long time in the past, but I'm still very, very excited. So (laughs) yay. Well, thanks Jim for coming and learning about cilantro and for sharing with us about your really humbling yourself and putting down your feelings about sports Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anytime for Michael Jordan's documentary. And thanks to all of you listeners. We literally could not do this show without you. And we are so thankful for the questions you submit and for the fun we have interacting with you guys. It's just such a joy to do this podcast. And also thank you for teaching us and for answering a question that I'm sure that many of us have actually wondered or have heard about people not like cilantro or have heard that genetic, um, like a rumor about that or whatever. So these kinds of ideas and questions are what drive this podcast. So if you have things that you wonder mm-hmm. about that you think might be chemistry in your everyday life, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at chem for your life. That's chem F O R your life to share your thoughts and ideas. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the cost of making it, Go to ko-fi.com slash Kim for your life and donate the cost of a cup of coffee. And don't forget, between now and the end of May, if you sign up for a monthly subscription on our Ko-Fi at any amount, we will send you a free exclusive sticker and note as a thank you. But if you're not able to donate, you can still help us by subscribing on your favorite podcast app and rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts. That also helps us to share chemistry with even more people. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. References for this episode can be found in our show notes or on our website. Jam Robinson is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to A.Q. Song and In Newell, who reviewed this episode.